0: Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. My name is Olivia Martinez, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Oscar and Emily Martinez. And this is episode four of our Baz Luhrmann series, and we're going to be discussing Australia. And the past two episodes have been quite lengthy and quite positive, but I think that this one's going to have a bit of a different tone, to say the least.
1: Australia is a 2008 film starring uh, Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman in in the lead roles. The Drova! The Drova! And it, uh, this was his first film after Moulin Rouge, correct? Which was his third film, which is a huge hit, huge sensation. And you kind of, kind of went off track a little bit. First of all, there's no music. It's, and it's almost three hours long. There's very little music. There's very little music. It's, uh, there are no songs.
0: All there is is Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Which is a great song.
1: Admittedly, it's a great song.
0: But it's not made for Australia.
1: Exactly. And it's, it's almost, the film was overly long. That's what everybody says. There were some shots that were beautiful as usual, but it wasn't fun, it wasn't fun. And that was the thing that was missing. Even Strictly Ballroom, eh, it was kind of weird, but it, was, it had some fun and this one wasn't.
2: I can imagine that he really wanted to make this movie because he wanted to show what he could do with a different type of film. And this is a classic epic, um, almost a Western. And I mean, there are some fun scenes and the characters are pretty likable and pretty compelling. But, yeah, the fact that it's just so long and it's not the typical Baz Luhrmann movie where you really feel like you are being entertained. It's just, I think it's a letdown as much as anything just because you're expecting him to have a scene where... You just kind of want to get up and cheer or get up and dance or something.
0: And there are so many problems with this movie. But one of the main ones is, yes, it's an epic. But it's it's an epic about something that is incredibly low stakes to the average person. It's about cattle herding. Why is Baz Luhrmann making a movie about cows? Well, and
1: that's the thing. That's the first part. And I was thinking, wait a minute. That's what this whole movie's about? And then can they get the cattle to the ship on time? That's basically the plot. And then you look at your watch, you look at the runtime, there's another there's a whole other movie after that. It's another yes. hour and a half after that and it becomes this war drama. The displacement of the Aborigines, and it it was really trying to be so many different things.
2: And I think in a way it was his homage to his homeland of Australia and trying to fit as many important um, pieces of history into it as possible.
0: But what's so difficult about this movie is, yes, it's talking about the Aboriginal people, which is good because they're not in many films, but it's through the eyes, you know, the white savior complex, it's through the eyes of Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman, two very tall, very good looking white people who just, you know, and it's, yeah, it's fine, but just how it's told, it's trying to be so, you know, progressive and it's, we're show, we're giving the aboriginal people a voice. Yeah, but it's through the eyes of this just, you know, white savior. Or wow. at least that's been a lot of the criticisms of the film, well, which I also, can see.
1: And you have Hugh Jackman, who's an established Broadway star, song and dance man, as he showed in uh, Greatest Showman. Ew, I and he doesn't sing a song. Movie. I mean, that's like that's nuts. Well, or,
0: Nicole Kidman. I mean, she can yes, sing. Yes, that's right. Also. Coming out,
1: out of off of Moulin Rouge. Yeah, really weird. So
0: I um, will say though, Hugh Jackman has possibly never looked better. This man was ripped for this movie, and he was so tan. He had some good hair. I was like, okay, Hugh, this movie stinks, but you look good at least. And he's uh, he's very likable. I mean, he's kind. Of, he
2: does remind me of sort of the classic cowboy hero. I mean, he's sort of just very ruggedly handsome and fits that role of the strong, silent type who at first, and, it's, and also it's kind of a cliche because at first, of course, Nicole Kidman, who is this English lady, really dislikes the drover, this kind of rough and tumble Australian. But eventually, needless to say, they get to know each other better and respect each other and love blooms. It really
0: does. Ah, true love. And the budget of this film is $130 million. (sighs) This movie does not look it, I'm going to tell you that. There is a lot of green screen mishaps. It just does not look great all the time. I think the budget worked
2: against him. I really think he thought he needed to, he had this great budget for a change and he wanted to use every cent and make it look like a $130 million movie. But you're right. And that's maybe that's the strangest thing about Australia is I really think... Okay, yeah, the script maybe or the screenplay wasn't that great. It was too long and kind of boring. But I really think a lot of the fault lies with the direction, specifically with the direction. I mean, I think that there are some some obvious scenes that were not filmed on location. Clearly. Much of it was filmed on location. But yeah, there's so many scenes where you realize there's just this green screen behind them. And it's, that's strange. I mean, I think that falls on the director. And I, we like Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, we hate to say that, Yeah, it's I'd like true. to find an excuse for it being kind of a bad movie besides him. But really, I, I do think the blame kind of lies with him. That's
1: a good point, Em. And I think it shows how far CGI has come. Because it was like, you could tell they had made some breakthrough a year or two before this in 2008. Because there were some amazing vistas and amazing thing. But just took like a little, you don't have to look that much, but it, it looked unless intentionally phony like the where the ships on the on the on the on the bay or the harbor and then when they're on that cliff you don't really feel that urgency oh my gosh this little kid's going to get run over by these stampeding cattle unless he hits that green screen first you know it <laughs> yes. it, it, it didn't you know just didn't didn't Translate very well.
0: And we haven't even mentioned the little boy who is Nala in the film his real name is Brandon Walters He was the cutest. He was was great. He was amazing actor. He was great He hasn't done anything since which is kind of shocking because he was so good. Well, he hasn't done any acting sense
2: (laughs) Well to (laughs) me acting is a say yes He hasn't
0: done anything. You're right. No projects or acting sense, but yeah, he did such a great job and another, he was aboriginal, and another actor from Australia and who was an indigenous person was David Gopalil, and he played King George, who was kind of this magic tribal elder. And I keep making fun of King George, because why was he everywhere in this movie? I understand he was this, like, magic guy. But literally every time they would say something, it'd just be King George on a mountain watching them, 2,000 miles away, King George is there somehow, and I was like, okay. I think that was supposed to bring a mystical element to it. It was, and I feel like it kind of flopped. He was
1: there in spirit, and he was always watching over the the kid. He was his grandfather, right? Yes, he was. And that kid had such a sad life, huh? The father was a, a jerk, and the mom, well... We won't spoil it, but the mom doesn't make out too doesn't good. Do well, yes. <laughs> no, and and then something else happened too. I can't remember. But what I like so much is <laughs> Nicole Kidman kept calling him Mr. Drover, and I was like, Wait, is his real name Drover?
0: <laughs> the Drover. It's not. Mr. That was just his
1: nickname, right? Yes. Anyway, I- so ever since we see every time I see Hugh Jackman in a film I call him the Drover. So there you go.
0: Yeah, that's a ridiculous part of this film. A lot of it's ridiculous. I didn't follow with a lot of it. I've seen this movie twice. I think my parents have seen it three times, which is far too many. We liked it the first time we saw it in the theater, and that may have a
2: lot to say about... How it just has not aged well through the years. And also the fact that it is an epic, it probably is more impressive on the big screen. I
0: was going to say that. And there's so many distractions around us. You know, I had my phone and my computer at one point, And it was just too much to just be watching this two and a half hour long boring movie. <laughs> Poor Baz. I really wish this movie was good because he really wanted it to be. He really tried. It just it did not work out. Yeah, and I
1: think he was trying to make an old-fashioned, you know, family, you know, friendly film with some serious topics. Obviously, World War II being one of them, you know, and the resettlement of the indigenous folks and things like that. Very weighty topics. It just didn't hold together. It just shows that there's always some, you know, he's so good at bringing magic to the screen, but this is the case where it just kind of sat there, you know. Well,
2: and it may be the a situation where I think the best thing about his movie making is that he doesn't take anything too seriously. I mean, he takes the work seriously and puts out a really polished Mm -hmm. product, but he never takes himself too seriously, or the characters, in his best movies. And yet, in this, I think he tried to be very serious about some of the topics and really tried to tell the story of his country with as much earnestness is possible.
0: And I mean, that even shows with the title of the film. It's named after the frickin' continent where the movie's set and where Baz is from. Australia. That's a ridiculous name for a movie.
1: What are they gonna call it? New Jersey?
0: I don't know, but just naming it a country or... Well, it is a country and a continent, actually. But just naming it that seems a little bit... He was setting his sights too high. He really was, because there's no movie called Africa, is there? Or America, you know, it's just not really a thing. So just calling that, yeah, it said aiming too high, I think, because it's, it can't live up to the entire continent and country. It's not the movie that defines Australia, the country. And or yet, the continent, it's the same thing, sorry. <laughs>
1: and yet, if you read up on it, um, Wikipedia, uh, it'll tell you about how these, the country, continent, used it as in their tourism campaigns There was a whole separate $50 million campaign to bring people to Australia to the point, to the extent that the the movie early screens of it, I think he shot the ending four or five different times because it was either too sad or too happy or too boring or whatever. So that's always a sign of trouble, right? But it got to the point where the producer said, okay, Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman, y'all are going on Oprah and you're pushing this movie. (laughs) Remember Oprah Winfrey? And they had an entire hour devoted to this film. And all the women's love Hugh Jackman, you know. That's, so that that it wasn't a complete. They were
0: a beautiful couple. Yeah, and it
1: wasn't a flop at all, right? It made it made back its money, right? Didn't it? I mean, it wasn't. Yeah,
0: and then some. I mean, it made two hundred eleven million. Yeah, so yeah. it made eighty million plus. Yeah. But it's still, it probably should have made a lot more. If it was better, it would have.
1: But it's amazing that even for again, we sounded a little down on it just because it was overly long and just kind of cluttered. I don't know how to describe it exactly. Uh, it, it and yet to still bring in more twice as much as it cost to make. That's that's saying something. That shows a lot of talent, you know. Still,
0: it really does. I don't have much else to say about this movie. I am not really a big fan. I don't want to rewatch it anytime soon or probably ever again. No offense, Baz. No offense, Australia. No hate to the continent of Australia. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. If it, you know, what it seems like is if Disney had a theme park ride called Australia and they made this movie very Jungle Cruise vibes even though we haven't seen it that's what it seemed like it seemed like a movie based on a theme amusement park ride
0: yeah it was like the idea of Australia and it seemed like Baz had never experienced it even though he grew up there I don't know I mean it is set in a different era it's set during the World War II era but on that note do we want to read it
2: yes definitely um should we give it What? Um, Kangaroos?
0: Shrimp on the Bobby? Yes, maybe. Kangaroos. Kangaroos. I would give this movie, I know this is low, but I would think I would probably give it two kangaroos. I just did not find it enjoyable. And I do respect that he used such a big budget and made a cohesive story, but it was just it needed an editor. I mean, where was his snappy editor? I don't think it was the same editor. It couldn't have been because it was just so dull in so many ways. And I'm just not a fan. I'm sorry, Baz, baby. I know.
1: He needed a little bit more of the... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, literally.
1: For Moulin Rouge. I give it a 2.4 stars. That's... It was two hours... Kangaroos, you mean? Whatever. I I give it 2.4 kangaroos because it was two hours and 40 minutes. So that's one kangaroo per every 20 minutes. Oh, <laughs> I can't do math. I
0: don't know if that's the right <laughs> math, but all
2: right. I think I'll give it 3 kangaroos because we liked it the first time we saw it. So, I think again if we had seen it on a big screen again, I think we might like it better. It's pretty good story, pretty good acting, but uh, above average, you know, it's it's above an average movie and yet certainly not Really worth seeing again. Oh, three times. I can't believe we've seen it three times. <laughs> well, that's a that's good point. Enough.
1: And that's a really good point about having seen something, having yeah, decent memories about it, which is how I felt about Romeo and Juliet, what we just talked about two weeks ago. and uh, And yet that one seems as fresh as it was the day we saw it. This one, not so fresh. A little on the... Day old Ben, or whatever you want to call and it. And it's
0: 10 years older than yeah. Henry and Juliet. So it just shows age is just a number because it doesn't always match up with how something ages. Follow us on Instagram at love of Media and visit our website, love of com. This was our fourth installment of our Baz Luhrmann series. Next week is an exciting one. We don't have to say what it is, but it'll be episode five, which, should we give a hint of what it will be? I mean, I guess you could look up Baz's filmography, but...
1: Well, you ain't nothing but a hound dog if you do that.
0: Well, it's not that one. Oh. So, <laughs> I'm just going to say, it's The Great Gatsby. Oh, mystery. that's right.
1: I'm oh, sorry. I thought it was Elvis.
0: Papa tried <laughs> next week. We'll be talking about the great Gatsby, which is one of all of our favorite movies of the 21st century and one of my favorite movies of all time. And so we hope that you will stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening to our fourth episode about Braz Lerman. And again, this is no hate to anyone in Australia or the continent slash country itself, but we were just not a fan of the film. Talk to you later.